don't care who we're playing. We're staying in our zone. We're playing the way we're playing. This tournament is not a win, whether we're on the top or the bottom. This tournament is a win if we just play our best. We can possibly play until the very last point. And we brought that into the final, and we, we beat them down pretty good. This episode is brought to you by West Coast Beach, a year-round beach volleyball club on the west side of Los Angeles in Santa Monica, California. At West Coast Beach, we aim to get 1% better every day, both on and off the court. You can find more info about us at westcoastvbc.com and on Instagram with handle at westcoastvbc. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Within the Game podcast. I'm your host Aaron Wexler and this episode is with AVP Pro Beach player and 2021 Olympic hopeful Tri Bourne. Tri is a four-time AVP champion having just won his fourth domestic victory and and first tournament win in five years at the Porsche AVP Long Beach Open earlier this month. Tri is also a three-time winner on the international tour and is currently sitting in the second spot for the USA in the 2021 Olympic qualifying race with Trevor Crabb. He is also the Sandcast podcast co-host with Travis Maywitter, the number one beach volleyball podcast. In this episode, we talk about meditation, mindfulness, and how he overcame a two-year battle with an autoimmune disease, and how he was able to use that experience to ultimately get him back to the top of the podium. Try inspires me not only because of his accomplishments within the game, but because of the way that he approaches training holistically, and the way that he carries himself with optimism and clarity. I hope you enjoy this episode, and please don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. Thanks. All right, I'm here with Try Born. Try Born on the beach. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a pleasure. I'm stoked to uh, finally be a a guest on a podcast instead of hosting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. All right, Try Man, you're you're awesome, dude. Uh, from Hawaii, you played at USC. Uh, former indoor pro player, part of the USA indoor and beach national teams, two-time FIVB world world tour champion. Also got a win on the Norseka tour. You're currently sitting in the, in the two spot for the 2021 Tokyo Olympics race. Uh, you're a broadcaster for the AVP on Amazon Prime. You're the co-host of the Sandcast, the Sandcast podcast with Travis Maywetter, uh, which is sandcastvolleyball.com. You're a husband, a father, and you're just super awesome. Thank you so much for being here, brother. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I'm excited. Absolutely. Your website is triborn.net. Your Instagram is at triborn. And um, let's just jump right into it, man. What does living an inspired life mean to you? Oh, living an inspired life means, I think it's just a matter of like where you get your energy, you know? If you're in the, I think, I think that like, I want to, structure my life in a way that I can be inspired as often as possible. Cause we all get inspired. Like, you know, and we get all pumped up like, yes, I'm going to do this. This is going to be awesome. But then that inspiration kind of dips, you know, and, and it always fades away from that. Like first initial thought of that, that great thing that we want to do. Um, and I think for me, it's like, how can I structure my life in a way that I can stay in that inspired state as often as possible. And then once you start trying to like, figure out the puzzle pieces to put it together uh you start to realize um you know what what kind of things are uh you can pursue to have that energy like more often you know and it has for me i've noticed it has to be really 
authentic things. It can't be like, well, that guy's making a bunch of money doing that. I'm going to do that. Like that energy is going to fade. It's going to, you're not going to be in that inspired state very often for me. It's, I mean, I wanted to be a professional athlete since I was a kid. So like I go to practice every day and I'm like inspired. I have intention behind what I want to do. And that like, because I'm excited to go to work, that's what makes me know that I'm doing the right thing. Absolutely, man. I mean, you've been an inspiration to me. Um, you know, I've actually had a, the, I've actually had the pleasure of being on the court with you at some of those uh, sessions with John Hyden and coach yeah. Evie Matthews and, you know, just kind of watching you work and just watching the results that you've been able to have over the years. It's just been very inspiring. And I, you know, this whole project is for, is all about the tools that you can use, whether you're in the game or outside of the game. You know, can you just talk about some of the tools that you use to stay inspired both in the game and out of the game? Yeah. Um, there's so many, I think, uh, I think one of the bigger ones is listening. That's kind of, it's been a big one lately for me. Wow. Because a lot of us, we'll, we'll go into like a meeting with someone and, be, and then it's someone that we want to learn from. And then we'll go in and we'll be talking half the time. When in reality, you're like, why are you talking? You come in here to learn from the master usually, right? So like right now I'm doing film sessions with my dad. I do film sessions with Tyler Hildebrand and, Jose Loyola, my coach, and there's a bunch of other people whose brains I want to pick, but I find myself, uh, you know, like bouncing my ideas. Like I'm t talking out loud, like what I think is going on. And then I just, sometimes I just like tell myself to be quiet <laughs> and I'm like, why am I talking? Like they're the ones teaching the lesson here. Like I don't need a val I don't need them to validate what I'm thinking. I'm trying to learn something new. So it's really like, I've just learned listening and being listening comes from being open-minded, right. And having the beginner's mindset mm. to where I don't know it all like that, I think is one of the most important phrases that we need to tell ourselves. It's like, I don't know people for some reason. And I'm speaking from, from experience, we tend to like trick ourselves into thinking that we have all the answers, you know, but, the second that you say, I don't know, you just opened your mind to all this information that could come in and you could learn something new. So for me lately, uh, that's been a huge tool. It's just listening and being open-minded because I'm learning one thing from, let's say, Jose Loyal. I'm really lucky. I have all these great people around me. But a lot of, some of it's different than what I would be learning from Hildebrand because he has a completely different mind. And then Mike Dodd who's old school, but like none of them are wrong or right. And if I were to just pick one that worked for me at one point and just stick with it, I wouldn't be able to absorb and learn all the other stuff. So being able to listen and take it all in and then turn it into what's best for you personally, for me. So like whatever sticks for me, I, I want all the information and then I just see what sticks with my game and who I am. And then that kind of turns into who I am and how I play and how I go about things. That's awesome, man. Awesome, That's exactly man. what I'm trying to do with this project myself, you know, and, and it's, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Like listening has been one of the most valuable tools that I'm actually trying my best to get better at <laughs> more and more. I had to learn it on the podcast as well. Like, cause you're sitting there for a while 
and you're like, oh, I want to jump in. But then I'm like, I got this great guest here. Like, I want to hear what they have to say. But you have to, I have to like stop myself. You know, listening is like a, it's a skill you have to train for sure. And it's, it's hard, especially like uh, doing interviews as well. I've learned that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it actually makes me think of um, this monster video I found of you. Um, and I'll leave a link to it because everyone should watch it. But you, you talk about Hawaii as a meditation. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit and just explain what you mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm born and raised in Hawaii, obviously. Um, and when I left in, to go to college, I was like, 100% in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm going to go ex explore. I'm going to go check out California for college. But then I'm coming right back. And every summer I'll be back. Like, there's no way I'm, I'm not going to stay in California too long. And now, like, what, 10, how, how long has it been? 12 years later, 13 years later, I'm still here. Um, and uh, for me, it's just like, that's my, it holds a big place in my heart. Uh, I still, I still identify with that community. Like, I don't, when I, like, who am I and what community do I identify with? I don't think of myself as like a California guy, you know? I think of myself as a Hawaii guy that lives up on the mainland um, for whatever reason, you know, I, I think it's just like um, important to me to feel like I, I belong to a community. Um, so I think when I go home, it's, I go back to the nature that I grew up around uh, the ocean, which is the most humbling thing you could ever, I mean, nature in general, but the ocean will humble you the very first second you you think that you know you let your ego take over like oh i'm i'm gonna kill it today because the waves are big i don't care what the current's <laughs> like or the weather or anything like you're yeah you're never in control and i think that's like a meditation because it really brings you it, it brings your ego mm -hmm. down it makes you be in the present moment because you're constantly having to take in information and and you're also just a, like grounded and appreciating uh nature and you're not anxious you're just very in the moment and um also the the sense of family in hawaii you know everyone's auntie and uncle there's a sign of respect everyone's throwing shakas out the window instead of honking <laughs> although it's changed a little bit over the years um for me that's kind of why i call it a meditation i love that man um i want to expand on that a little bit more too because you also mm -hmm. speak about Actually, on your website, which is a great website, by the way, uh, I'll also link that on this video. But um, you actually talk about Joe Dispenza and some yeah. of the some of the tools that he uses. Could you maybe talk about some of that, like maybe going to the breath work and the journaling and the books and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. So I got into all that stuff when I was out with my autoimmune disease in 2017. Um, so. I had always kind of gotten into the mental work in for volleyball because I at a fairly early age, you know, kind of in high school, I realized like, okay, if I think a certain way, like I play better. And then, you know, that started developing through college and I developed my own kind of, you know, learn stuff, read books and my own kind of sports psychology along the way. But I was like, man, it would be cool one day to like really dive into it, into mindfulness and, and, kind of the psychology and all that. And so I'm sitting here in 2017. I have, 
my sport's taken away from me. I can't do activities. I can't go surf. I can't exercise. So I'm just a sitting duck. And my mind was just going crazy. Like, you know, just basically feeling super depressed and uh, anxious every day. Cause I just wanted like to have a purpose and like something to go after. And I, I couldn't find it. So I thought, okay, well, I've always wanted to dive into this mindfulness stuff. Now's the best time. <laughs> so I, I went into it. I actually went to Bali for my honeymoon and I met a guy there. Uh, it was like this yoga studio and I met him and we like had a long conversation. He was like this amazing guy and he listened to my story and gave me some recommendations and, and he told me to listen to this stuff. Basically, Joe Dispenza is, he claims that, not, I don't, don't want to say claim, but he works on healing your body with your mind because, and then he breaks, he's a doctor, so he breaks down all the science behind it. And like, it doesn't make sense at first, but then you read it and you're like, wow, like this all makes, this is all logical, like as to why you can use your mind to manipulate your body or heal your body. Um, and I mean, it's like anxiety, right? Anxiety can cause even autoimmune diseases, they say. It can cause all kinds of issues like heart, um, anything, you know, obesity, anything. And um, it's all coming from the mind, you know? Placebos work. But one of his books actually called it, You Are the Placebo. Um, but basically, I heard you can heal your body with your mind. And I was just like, I'm in, I'm sold. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, Phil Dahlhauser, I've talked to him about it and he actually got into it as well. Um, but yeah, it was just, for me, it was like, I wanted to learn something new and, and I thought it was really fascinating. I did the meditations, which are like an hour a day for like, I think I did like three weeks worth, a little wow. over three weeks. And by the end of it, I was like craving it. Cause it, I mean, an hour a day and, and they're guided. Uh, I mean, that's a significant, it starts to become a habit. Like throughout the day, you're just like checking in with yourself. You're able to reset your mental like regularly. Um, so for me, it was like another project, another way to get better, but also a way to, um, first of all, heal my body in the time that I needed it, heal my mind from the anxiety and depression, that kind of stuff. And then see if I could pick up something new um, for my sport like I could come back more mindful and and have a stronger you know uh, awareness of the present moment during a match like that can only help me so it made me feel productive and, and I'm glad I did it that's so awesome um could you I want and I want to talk about your journey with the autoimmune disease and and it's actually really cool how you are so transparent with it on your website um but I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about when you first started getting into meditation? Because for me, I know it's challenging for me, but I also know the benefits like you're talking about. But yeah. like if someone's just like, okay, I keep hearing about meditation. What are, what are some things that you would recommend to just start? Um, I'd say just, I mean, take a little time to understand what it is. You know, it's not like you're not allowed to think it's, it's really just being aware of what's going on in your head. That's all it is, just awareness. Like you can think, you, your brain can go somewhere else, you're not failing in meditation. And I think people kind of have that 
that understanding of it. Like they think, damn it, I can't do this. I'm terrible. It's like, it doesn't matter. You're, there, you're, there's not a competition. It's just about seeing if you can be aware and then under, and then, and then applying that muscle that you're developing in meditation, like the brain muscle, basically it's not a real muscle, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's about seeing if you can transfer that into your real life. And then it has amazing effects. You know, you don't lose your cool. Like sometimes you're just, I'm just in a bad mood or I'm hangry or I'm, if you're aware of that stuff, you're not going to snap, you know, it's the same thing. Like, and then that transfers all the way into like sports. Like we need our heads to be in it at all times. Like for a timeout, we can snap out. We need to snap back in. So it's having that control and trusting that you're able to do it. Um, that's important. And, but it's really for, for the average person, it's just about being in control and being aware of where your head's at. Uh, more often and then and then you're in more control because of that and did you start with an hour a day or did you start with like two minutes or you know how did um, you start so I was doing you know I was doing like yoga and like doing stuff like that I, I use yoga just to stretch and like relax and whatnot it's like uh my off days where I still want to kind of work out and like but mostly I just want to stretch out the body and, and, you know, keep it flexible, but there's meditation in that. So I would kind of do that, um, do yoga kind of stuff. Um, when I got into the Joe Dispenza stuff an hour a day that I think I just jumped in and it was painful. I was like, how do you sit? Like, this is brutal. Right. And, you know, your mind's going crazy, but then you do it once, you do it twice. And like by the end of the hour, I was like, like the first 15 minutes I could, I wanted to crawl out of my skin, but then by the last 10 minutes, I was like enjoying it. I was like loving it. It was crazy. Um, and then eventually it was like, I was craving it. I was like, I just need to be still first, you know, like throughout the day, I'm like checking in with myself. And, um, but I started, I want to say I started over like the years cause we had a little bit in practices, like in high school, someone came in and teach us a little bit and, I kind of dabbled with it, um, but I wasn't good. I'm still not good, uh, but that's the beauty of it. Like, first of all, you're not comparing to anyone else. And second of all, it's, it's just about you, it's you versus you. Yeah, that's awesome. Would you recommend um, youth athletes try to get into it a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know it's harder for youth athletes because I mean, I was like the most ADD kid out there in the world, you know, and I didn't want to sit still ever. But um, I mean, there's, I think there's different ways to, for the youth to try it, you know, even if it's, you know, a minute, just like give it a shot. And then like coaches maybe giving them little things during practice to like say out loud, like say where your head's at, like, what are you thinking right now? And it's like, I'm hearing something, I'm seeing something, I'm, you know, just to like understand which sense you're using in that moment. That's right. practicing. Okay. Um, but I for sure, yeah, it, it's probably harder for the youth to comprehend, but um, I mean, why not start there? Right. You know, I, I try, I want to talk to you a little bit about the journey that you've been on with this autoimmune 
disease and and kind of what happened and and how you went through it and some of the challenges you know for me I was there I remember being out in the court with you mm-hmm. um with Hayden with coach Evie and and just kind of just just watching how you were physically depleted but you were mentally engaged and you still wanted to be a student of the game I was wondering if you could just kind of talk about both of those aspects and and how it's how that whole experience has um, led up to where you are now, which you're, you're getting ready for the, you know, the, a, a, a hopeful Olympic run here. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, th- I think during that time, it really came down to just, I knew what my intention was. So my circumstances didn't really matter. I didn't mm. really care how I felt, how I, you know, what the weather was that day or what's, what else, you know, all the outer things that are happening. I knew why I was there at practice. I knew what my goals were. Uh, I knew what our team goals were. And I knew the effort that I wanted to put in um, every day, especially showing up with a guy like Hayden and Heavy and, you know, our trainer, Mikel. Um, I take a lot of pride in being a part of that team. So, I mean, there's times you saw it probably where Hayden was getting frustrated. I mean, I saw everyone kind of watching from outside. Everyone's kind of quiet. Like, he's not moving right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to push through it. And I did that for a while. Um, but I think for me, it was just like, it was my way of kind of showing the team too. Like, I'm I'm not going to quit till the doctor tells me to, which is exactly what happened. And I mean, it was such a brutal thing for Hayden. Like, he, he put in the work through the whole offseason, and now his partner, which is half your team, just is out. Like, that's really tough. And But I, I think at the end of the day, I knew that I went about it the right way because he was so respectful um, about it and so supportive. Uh, he didn't, like, sound at all like he was sorry, feeling sorry for himself for, like, damn, this really sucks, man. You know, it was all support, and he, um, even when he had to tell me that he was, like, moving on to a new partner just because he had to, I was like, yeah, do what you got to do. Like, it's all good. It was, we've been um, good ever since. Um, But I think, to go back to your question, I think it just comes down to me knowing what my purpose was out there and what my intention was on that particular day. Yeah, I mean, I'm really inspired by your story because, I mean, you took two years. That's two, that was a two-year journey, right? Yeah, almost like just under two years. I mean, for a lot of people, try that would be it. You know, it'd be like, I'm done, you know, yeah. but I'm inspired because you took that opportunity to get into this mindful stuff, to get into this uh, meditation, this breath work, the journaling, the 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 inner game, you know, and, um, and then you found success uh, back on the court again and you became stronger and you know that's extremely inspiring because we all go through stuff you know hardships but it's kind of about how you respond to it you know and and were there were there moments where you were like I can't do this it was there were moments when I had to give myself permission to let go somewhat you know I had to accept yeah I did I had moments where I was like this might not be an option it wasn't like 
I can't do it. Like I don't have the willpower or the energy or anything like that. I was like, it might be that the doctor tells me you can't play. Like that's just not in the cards for you. And that's also why I wanted to do the mental work. I needed to be able to handle that mentally and not go into like a depression and like freak out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately it was like, I just kind of let go. I was like, it's out of my hands. I know what I can do if, if I'm blessed with the physical ability to do it. Um, all I can control right now is, is the mental side of it really, you know, and I can learn more about the game. I can study my craft. I can study the game and learn something new. That's part of the mental game. You know, I can, I can gain this awareness, this ability, this kind of uh, working this mental muscle of mine and I can come back stronger to that. And, but for me, I think most of it came down to like the, journaling work I did where I really like looked at myself and I was like okay who am I like what do I why am I here kind of thing Mm. and um I basically was like I'm a beach volleyball player like that's me I play volleyball and I love the beach (laughs) like if it was indoor volleyball I might have quit but beach volleyball is like that's me in a nutshell so it was easy for me to just be like I'm just gonna keep doing this because this is me and um it ended up it was like what i was saying earlier where you just need to be really authentic to yourself and that's what's going to give you that energy and i think that's what i did is like when i journaled and everything i had a clear picture of like okay this is me so yeah of course i'm going to go on this journey because that's me but i think other people kind of in any you know work or whatever it is they get pulled down a certain pathway like for example a, a, uh you might be a good youth athlete volleyball player let's say and you go down the usa volleyball pipeline and then you go to college and you go pro and then you go to um you know whatever you keep keep going down that pro pipeline but some people were committed to that like from a youth age and they changed as a person and they're not really that person that would want to be a professional volleyball player anyway, they just kind of went down that path because that's what they were supposed to do. And I think if I was one, a person like that, I would have probably changed at that point and trying to go and go and do something that's more authentic to me, whether it's coaching or, you know, anything really taking another job. But for me, I was just, it was just clear, like I'm a player, like I'm an athlete and this is what I want to do. So I'm going to keep doing it. And if I fail, I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, let's, that's a perfect segue to practice. I want to talk about practice with you. I know uh, we're in quarantine right now, but, you know, when we all get back out there, um, you know, I think, I think a big thing for all of us, whether a youth athlete or an Olympian or a, uh, a coach, we all need to try to have inspired practices. So what does an inspired practice mean to you? Uh, an inspired practice is where you want to be there whether it whether the coach wants to be there the team it doesn't matter if anyone else is there it's when you want to be there and you're like you know that feeling when you're like i want a few more reps give me one more rep let me try again you know where you're like fascinated in in fixing something or uh, learning something new or just um you know calibrating that 1% like I've passed a billion balls but 
I just want one more. Like, let me get it perfect. Let me end on a perfect one. It's that feeling, I think, that, that is the um, inspired practice and feeling. And you have to do the work to understand, you know, your purpose and intention to know what to do at practice. Or, you know, you know, if you set the intention before, then you start moving towards that. And every action, you know, you can you can go left or right. But if you have an intention before, you know which direction to go every time that a decision needs to be made. So that turns it into a really um, productive practice. And then you, you start gaining more as you do that one practice and then another one and you do that throughout a whole year. The gains you make are incredible. But if you're just showing up and you're just kind of like, ah, whatever, I'm here just to be here and whatever the coach wants to do and, you know, then uh, it doesn't quite compound quite as much. And then a year down the road, you're nowhere near that person who had that really clear intention going into every practice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that because I think for me, like, you know, we, we have a sport that we can practice in, but life is a practice to be like that. Right. It's like a practice to do that. So going back to the sport, how does a, an inspired practice carry over to an inspired game? Yeah, that's actually super interesting. Um, an inspired practice gives you confidence in the game. Yeah. For me, the game is about being free. That's the fun part, you know, not the part where, okay, now the pressure's on. The It's like the opposite, right? To where it's like I put in all the work. I've, I know that my body knows how to pass. My body knows how to set, hit everything all the tools are there now i get to go let it free and mm. that's a lot where that mindfulness comes in too do you have the ability to free your brain and not let frustration and like you know anxiousness or you know outside pressures change your state in that moment because you, you did all the work already like why are you gonna let your mind go to a place where you can't perform like you just did weeks and weeks or months and months of practice now you got to let yourself free. You got to trust your body. When you're in practice, you're teaching your instincts how to play in the game. When you get to the game, you got to allow your instincts to take over. I love that. Teaching your instincts. Yeah. That's huge. And, you know, let's carry over a little bit to mindset, um, like pregame and like during game. Like, can you give us a glimpse of your mindset? Yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. It's tough. Like, I find one thing that works and then I'll go to, a, you know, travel across the world and be jet lagged or like, you know, hurting or something's different, or a lot's different. And you're like, damn, that's not working for me today. So it, it's, it's interesting for me. It's about being open and like present because if I pick, you know, I can set my intention and I can, I want to aspire to do something, but I don't want to have that expectation to do it. So really, I just want to be present before the game and understand what, I, what my goal is, but then just clear my mind and, and observe what comes in without judging it, right? That's what they would say in a meditation. That's something that I've repeated in my head ever since I read the inner game of tennis. Mm -hmm. 
I, it worked for me for years. I, I don't do it quite as much now. Exactly. Wow. That's funny. Uh, that was the first book I read. The first like um, mental game. Wow. That, book that I read and uh, observed behavior without judgment, right? That's something in there. And I would just repeat that in my head after I re- read that book. And that helped me so much because that I could just reset so quickly after no matter what happened. Dude, so since you mentioned it and since I had it right here, like I have, that was really funny. Let's talk about the self-talk because that book talks about self one, self two and that differentiation and how you manage that. So can you give us a little glimpse of your self-talk during the game and what's happening up there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's difficult and it's constantly yeah. changing. Because when I played with John Hyden, as you know, he's the coach. He's the leader. Uh, he's the one with all the experience. So it was a lot of me just um, doing what that book says, you know, like um, having understanding when it's my ego talking and when it's a productive uh, message, you know? Mm. And uh, but nowadays, I'm trying to be that leader, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to know when to listen to my partner, when to talk to him, when to say something, when to strategize, when to not. And so there's so much that goes into it now. Um, so for me, it's but it still comes down to the same thing. It's like, how aware can you be of what's going on? And then trusting yourself to take in the information in that moment and decide mm. what, what thought that's coming in do I want to use and what do I want to just let go in and out the other ear? All right. So a little technical difficulties, but we're back. <laughs> so we were just talking about self one and self two and that self-talk in the middle of a game and, and, um, you were talking about that, and I was wondering if you could expand on that and talk about how you use a timeout, stoppage time. What's going on up there? Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes easier and sometimes harder during a timeout. You know, uh, you're not physically doing anything, and when you stop moving, uh, it, your brain's got to go somewhere, you know? So I think timeouts are a great opportunity to, to just sit and be quiet as much as you want to be communicating with your partner and, and, um, figuring out game plan. For me, it's best to just sit down at first and, you know, take a few breaths and let, and figure out where I'm at personally. Do I need to fix myself right now or am I good? And is my partner freaking out or are we both good? And we just, 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 let's just let it ride. Or is it, there needs to be a change made. Uh, but to take a few seconds first, just to like take a few breaths and reset. Cause you're probably come if it's a time, if you call the timeout, you're probably not happy. <laughs> if they call the timeout, you're probably happy and you don't want to be overly confident and happy because you got to understand they called the timeout to get you out, out of your rhythm. Um, and if it's just a technical timeout, then who knows where you're at, but it's under, it's, it's important to understand where you're at. So I'd probably spend, I'd say 75% of my timeouts, I spend quiet and just taking breaths, you know, and then I tend to notice like, wow, my heart rate's up. Like I'm breathing really heavy. And it's, it's not because I was tired on that point. It's because I'm frustrated or something like that. So then I, just being aware of it now allows me to be able to let go of it 
But if I never become aware of it, I can't let go of that frustration. Um, so I'd say like 75% of them, I'm, I'm just checking in with myself to see where I'm at. Need a little water, need a little this, a little that. If we have the coach in the box, obviously you're just trying to listen. And you only have a few split seconds or like, you know, I don't know what, few seconds to be in the box really like by the time you get there maybe like a minute or two I don't even know um but to be able to listen and not zone out if you zone out for 30 seconds you just missed your whole coach's strategy um so yeah 75% I'd say I'm pretty quiet and then the 25% of the time is when I have an idea or I feel like um my partner's in, in a certain place and I need there's a few things that I can say to get him out of it or keep him where he's at or just a strategic thing that I want to point out to my team. But I don't want to spend the whole time out talking. Uh, it also just waste your breath, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about your current coach, Jose Loyola. You know, he's a legend sure. in, in his own self. And um, it's a unique situation you playing with Trevor Crabb now because uh, of the split blocking, which is, yeah. I feel like kind of a rare thing right now. Um, could you talk a little bit about the nuances that, that coach Loyola is implementing in the training and the coaching and, and how, you know, how he's helping you guys right now? Yeah. Yeah. Jose is honestly the most humble person I've ever met. Like in terms of having the resume that he has, never talks about any of it ever and doesn't even want to like receive recognition for it. He's like, I'm here today. I'm your coach. That's all I'm worth is what I'm doing right here in this moment. And I'm just like, yeah, but you're like one of the greatest players of all time too. Like, you know, um, and he just, it doesn't have value to him. He, he thinks he's, his value is in what he's doing right now. And that I'm so appreciative of that um, because he's really just fully, a part of our team and we're all growing together and he's has this beginner's mindset even though he's you know he's taking down Karch Karai he plays <laughs> like he has the longest winning streak in the history of the world tour I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that still stands him and Emmanuel um but he is a motivator like at the end of the day it's great for me and Trevor because we're confident and we understand that we're good volleyball players. We don't think that anyone in the world's better volleyball players than us, no matter how bad we're playing that day. And he feeds into that a lot. Like, no matter what's happening, he's just all about good energy. He wants you to be high energy, positive, and, and be confident no matter what. Like, I don't care how you get the ball to the floor. We're happy if it gets to the ground. I don't care how you win a tournament. If you lose in the first round and have to go all the way through the losers, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're here to do the best we possibly can. And we know that the only thing that can get in the way of our confidence is us. So he's, it, it's just a lot of high energy coming from Jose and he doesn't need to say too much because he has so much credibility just in when he speaks, it's, he's, we know that he's been there before. He's one of the only coaches where we can sit there on the center court at one of the biggest matches in the world. And he can say, I know how you feel. I've played in these, I've lost these and I've won these. Here's what I think. And we're like, okay, 
you have my ear rather than like a coach that realistically would, I mean, 99.9% of the coaches have to come at it. Like, listen, we're all here for the first time. We're all going to figure this out together. And, uh, but Jose has this, you know, magical power of credibility in those situations. And that's something that's super valuable to us. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I, I want to go back a little bit and talk about emotional management. You know, let's say you're in those big games. You've, you've been in huge games. Um, uh, I, I think the, one of the best games I've watched you play was the, your, your championship win in Berlin. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about the emotional management that goes into it when you have the crowd and you have the scoreboard and you have, you know, money on the line and, you know, all these things that are kind of on the line? How do you control all that? Yeah, well, I mean, we could talk about that one event. Uh, that was, you know, probably, I mean, biggest win of my career, for sure, prize money-wise. We split, like, 57 grand. That, and I'm, like, what, 24 years old at the time? Like, this is crazy. Um, but, I mean, that would be crazy today, too. I, I need to get back there. But um, for that tournament, I remember going into it, because we hadn't done anything on the World Tour yet. Hayden and I had pulled off a ninth before that. It was only our like third or fourth world tour event together, I believe. So we were kind of nobodies and uh, every match was like the biggest match for us. And especially for me personally, because I hadn't played on that stage much. Mm. And I remember it just being like, okay, we won our first match. Now don't let any of the distractions come in. It was like I had blindfolds on or uh, like blinders, you know, I could only, I had tunnel vision that event and I really trusted Hyden. I was like, I don't like, I know I don't know the answers and I know, but my best bet is to trust my partner. So I was fully listening fully. Um, every match I was like, okay, this is what worked and I'm just going to do that again. And no matter what, uh, stuff came in the outside, all the distractions, I was just like, my whole goal was just to stay in my mental uh, mindset where I was at for those four days in a row. Uh, and it got more and more challenging because by the end of it, so we beat Poland. They were number two in the world, I think. Um, Fijalek and Prudel at the time. And that's when we got to like the, I think we got to play the semifinal after that against Pedro and Manuel. Manuel's one of the greatest players of all time. If not, he's the winningest player of all time. Um, and I remember the pressure building more and more. I was like, okay, I just beat the number two team. Like, and everything's working for me. So I'm just going to try to like stay here, like stay in this moment and like do exactly what I've been doing and just trust it. I think a lot of times you, people get to Sunday and they, somehow subconsciously tell themselves that they have to play the best game of their lives. When in reality, you're on Sunday. You already played the way you need to be playing. So don't try to play the best game of your life because the path to mastery has dips. Like to, to take two steps forward, you usually have to take a step back. So if you go on Sunday and you try to take those two steps forward on that particular day, you're going to take a step back and you're not going to make it past the first round. So for me, it was like, I need to just stay where I'm at and trust that the result's going to be the result. 
I, I just need to control um, what I'm doing between the ears and then executing the game plan and whatnot. So then we beat Emmanuel and I was just in the zone. I didn't really even comprehend what I had done uh, until after the tournament. And then in the final, I remember hearing, I remember hearing, you know, I, I wanted to win every match and, and the tournament wasn't over yet. Obviously I wanted to win the championship, but for me, it was like, I just want to play every match in this mindset that's working for me. It wasn't about like, I need to win this championship. I want to win this 57 grand prize money. It was like, I just want to stay where I'm at. I want to stay here because it's working. And I trusted that. And then I remember hearing like Ryan Doherty before, and he was stoked because he made Lucena and Doherty made the final with us. And he had like an interview before and he, he said, both American teams are in the final. It's like, we already, it's like, we already won. And, and I remember that moment and I was like, I looked at Hayden and, and we both said like, F that. Like, no way. <laughs> we I don't care who we're playing. We're staying in our zone. We're playing the way we're playing. This tournament is not a win, whether we're on the top or the bottom. This tournament is a win if we just play our best we can possibly play until the very last point and we brought that into the final and we we beat them down pretty good and uh afterwards like if you look at the interviews it was like they interviewed me and i was like i don't even know what happened that's that's what they said on the stadium They're like what how are you feeling what happened try i was like i don't know like i just ended up here because i just stayed so present the whole time that i was like apparently i just won a grand slam like <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's how present I was the whole time. That's awesome, man. Um, I, it, it kind of begs another question for me, uh, and I want to ask you about flow. Um, it seems to me that you're so mindful. You've always been very mindful. Um, were you in the flow that game? Do you remember being in the zone? Or does like, you know, like what does that mean to you? What does being in the flow mean to you? I think I was for sure. Usually you just don't care about the result. You don't care about the point before. You don't care about the point after. You don't care about the money, uh, any of that. And I think, yeah, that, that whole tournament, I felt like obviously there's, I would go back and watch and be like, wow, I didn't realize I didn't, that was, I did some dumb stuff throughout. But like looking back at that tournament, I think that was probably one of my best tournaments in terms of staying in that flow state. Um, yeah which is just being in sync with your partner. That's kind of the biggest thing. I feel like we were in such good sync that or synchronicity that tournament that other teams just couldn't hang with us because mm -hmm. every, every move they had, every time I juked left, he juked right. And, you know, we were just moving together perfectly and I knew where he was going to be. He knew where I was going to be. I was always ready. Um, and that was just a matter of training. And it doesn't always come together like that. But I think I was definitely in that flow state during that tournament. And doesn't flow state doesn't mean that you're in it the whole time, you know? It's about dipping into it as often as you can. And then bringing it, when you do leave and get distracted, which is going to happen, how quickly can you bring yourself back? And that's why you do the practice. That's why you practice it in practice. You do mindfulness and all that. It's not about losing your, your, um, 
you know, mental state. It's about how quickly can you bring it back and how often can you bring it back? Right, right. I completely agree. And um, since you mentioned practice, my next question is, is it possible to practice that flow state and maybe try to bank it for the tournament? Yeah, you know, I was, uh, I'm lucky enough to have some access to a private court right now. I had practice right before this. And today I was just showering before this. And I was like, today was a great practice. Like I really felt like I got into that flow state. I felt like I got better because there's some stuff, footwork, uh, I've been working on a lot uh, defensively. And I felt like it, after doing it a few times, like maybe over the last month or so, it's starting to implement itself. And so today, mm. for, the time, for the first time, I was not really thinking about my footwork quite as much. And I was just like, I'm just going to go pass. I'm going to pass perfect, like to exactly where I want it to go. And, and I was just focusing on that. And everything felt easier. And I think it's because my feet caught up with what I wanted to, what I wanted them to do mentally. And I mean, that's huge. Like that's what makes the practice feel productive, that feeling. Cause I know that that's what translates into great play during the matches. And the fact that I have potentially a month and a half to an event or potentially six months, to right. event, I don't really care. Like if I'm making gains, all the, the more time I have off to make these gains, the more badass I'm going to be when I get back. So that's kind of where my mindset's at right now. That's awesome. Um, let's move into sources, Try. Where do you get inspiration from? Um, hmm. I think I get inspiration from my community like the people I surround myself with um like I said earlier you know growing up in Hawaii I, I gained a really great sense of community because it feels like you know you're you're taken care of by your friends parents and the people down at the club or like anyone you know there's a lot of people looking out for you and that makes me like when people are giving so much to me it makes me want to give so much back and um I guess that kind of inspires me to, um, you know, give off a, pers a positive vibe and, and have a, an in a positive impact on people. And for me, playing a sport, I, I know that I can, if I'm playing loose and free, I can entertain people with that, you know, and uh, inspire people to, to play better themselves, but then also when I come through these challenges, I understand that I'm not the only one that has these. So it inspires me to, to get through them. Like if I can get through this, then I can show other people that they can get through it as well. And then we can all rise up together. And uh, that's my best bet on having a positive impact. And I mean, we're all chasing happiness, right? And there's not much that's gonna make you more happy than than having a positive impact on, on others. Freaking love that, man. I, you, uh, you seem really unconditional and, and that's awesome. That's something that I think is another part of a practice where it's like the outside world doesn't get to affect the inside world, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd like to be. I, I mean, <laughs> not all the time. Like I'm 100% human. Like, you know, even right now, tomorrow, me and my wife are going to go rent an RV like and just leave 
because we have a baby, so we didn't want to camp, and it's cost more. But I'm like, I don't even care. Like, we need to get out of here. We're like going a little bit crazy. We need to take care of ourselves mentally and um, physically as well. But right now, it's like mentally. So I mean, I'm not perfect, but um, I think understanding that and allowing yourself to be unperfect and not judging yourself. If you judge, if you judge others, you're gonna judge yourself, and vice versa. You know, so um, the less I judge myself, the less I feel like I need to judge and compare myself to others. And then I end up having a better relationship with these other people and they're sending me better energy back. So as much as like you got to take care of others, you, you can't really take care of them unless you take care of yourself first. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, that's, that's awesome. Tried. That's the whole round one. <laughs> so maybe we could just, while I have you here, maybe we could just fly through these lightning round questions. Uh, if that's okay with you. Yeah. So just quick, quick little answers. Yeah. But, or, or whatever you, however you want to do it, but yeah, it's, right. it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like that, but you know, if you want to take one and run with it, it's all good. We'll see. Okay. How do you define success and what does being successful mean to you? I define success by moving forward, growing as a person. As long as you're moving forward and growing, you're successful. Love it. How do you consider the idea of failure? I consider failure as a, it's a mythical thing. It's, it's, your perception is your reality. So if you perceive failure as a negative thing, then it is. If you perceive it as a positive thing, then it is. So failure is just whatever you create, whatever story you create behind it in your head. It's one of the best answers I've ever heard to that question. What are the most successful habits that you do on a consistent basis? Um... I think, well, like physically, I, I stretch every night. That's something I committed to a long time ago. And it's paying dividends over time, I've noticed. Um, but other than that, I think just kind of practicing being loyal as much as possible as a friend or family member or anything like that, that tends, I feel like that really makes my community and people around me really close and um trusting awesome okay so um every guest that comes on i try to think of a word for them um i want you to think of your own word for yourself while i while i tell you my word um i came up with a few for you because i there's not just one word that came to mind but workhorse was the first thing that came to my mind um i also wrote humble and selfless as well as versatile so I, it wasn't just one word but it was all those things that came to mind when i was thinking of you yeah do those resonate with you yeah i think so in, in some ways for sure i mean i'd like to they're all great words <laughs> um but i think um i do take a like when you said versatile i was I think I do take a lot of pride in that. And for me, the word probably would be more like uh, adaptable mm. ability. Yeah. Um, I like, I've always 
at least on the court, I've always liked to be the guy that steps back from the team and is like, okay, what void can I fill here? And then I'm going to kill it because that's where I see value. If I try to be the, like indoors, it's like if I try to be the big hammer, like I could have wanted to be that guy and inspired to be that guy. I might have failed. I might not have. But we had that guy. And we had this other guy. And we had this guy and this guy. But we didn't have someone to, you know, put all the pieces together and be the utility and, like, fill in all the gaps. And I feel like I brought the most value I could by – by trying to fill those gaps and like, what does the team not have? And I, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. That's awesome. What is the most important lesson that has helped shape who you are today? Oh. I mean, they keep coming for sure. Um, I'm trying to keep learning lessons like you know like we said be open-minded and not think like i know it all or like i've already learned the lesson that that i'm gonna learn in my life like i don't need to learn another one it's like they're constantly coming um so that's why i'm saying they're like infinite um but i think just um unconditional support and love for for the people around you is is most important um, because when I've learned hard the hard way, like when when shit hits the fan, uh, you're gonna want those people around. Like that's the only thing that you have really at, at those times. So um, just giving giving that unconditional love and support when when you don't need it or other people don't necessarily need it um, is a great habit to to that has, I guess, helped me in, in my life. Not a great answer. Can you share the biggest challenge you've been through on your journey? The biggest challenge was the autoimmune disease, for sure. Um, it was the biggest challenge and also the biggest breakthrough for me because I feel like I tried to go through it. I didn't try to go around the problem. I went right through it and I gained all that energy that it was trying to suck out of me I, or you know yeah suck out of me I, I feel like I absorbed it and I used it and now I'm using all that same energy to go in the right direction yeah and as you look around to other players and other people what are the some what, what, what are the biggest challenges you see for them um I think some people it would be like authenticity but that also comes with age you know i'll see young players and i'm like i feel like you're trying to be that guy or you're trying to be this guy or you're trying to play to the crowd and you're trying to play to everything outside of you and not to yourself and that would be the, the biggest thing i i notice and but that's a natural thing that we learn with age <laughs> i believe so yeah i mean i think that's a good thing for people to pursue yeah, I agree with you. How important to you is the idea of having impact? Um, I've actually thought about that a decent amount lately. I think, like, because I, I think of all my goals, like, I want to be, I want to experience going for the Olympic gold. I want to win the gold. I want to be ranked number one team in the world. And these are, like, very difficult things, like, almost nobody gets to experience these things ever. 
so I have to have that conversation with myself. Like if the, if I don't achieve these, am I going to be okay with that? And the answer is yes, I'll, I'll survive. I refuse to let that dictate whether I'm happy or not. But one thing that I think that I can control at the end of my career is how big of an impact I had on the sport. Um, so that's kind of what inspires me to do stuff like the podcast and um, being a part of USA Volleyball on the um, you know committees and whatnot and um, just finding my way to reach fans and, and reach more people and hopefully grow the sport. And, um, that, that's something that I feel like I will be able to hang my hat on at the end of the day, even if I don't get any more victories, which when you said my tournament wins I'm out in the beginning, I was like, gosh, that I'm so sick of hearing three AVPs. Like it's been too long. Uh, and two FIVBs, like I need to get, I need to get those in the double digits. <laughs> <laughs> you will. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received and why and from who? Hmm. I think uh, in high school, my high school, this was like my introduction to mindfulness, basically, in a way that I didn't understand that it was. But now in hindsight, it, I'm realizing it. I went into a match and I, and I was so inspired. I, I just wanted to play my best match ever. Like I decided I was going to play the best match I had ever played. And I had, wait, wait, sorry. You, you decided that before you went into it? Yes. Okay. Exactly. And, and I went and I was just like, you know, I'm a high schooler, so I didn't really know, you know, what I was doing necessarily, but I, I just decided beforehand. So I was going really hard in warm-ups. I, was, I practiced hard and I went into it and just had the worst match ever. <laughs> and my coach was like, what did you just do? Because I, I was just like overthinking it, over trying, like trying to hit harder. So then everything's going out. And, um, and and he was talking to me and I was like, I was just, I was trying to, I was going to have the best match ever. Like I was just going to go as hard as I possibly could. And he's like, okay. He was like going around to the team. He's like, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, try. Don't think, just don't think. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. Cause I had the worst match ever. So I took that to heart. I was like, okay, I'm never going to think like that again. Like do what I did. And basically what I did, I just overthought everything. And my coach told me, don't think. And then I took that to heart. And every match after that, I was like, I was just clearing my mind. It wasn't like I wasn't practicing hard. I wasn't trying anymore, but I, I was clearing my mind. And I, he didn't, I don't even think he knew that he was teaching me mindfulness. But I took don't think, like that mantra, repeating that in my head, like years down the road. I still use it now. I, I substituted it with... Um, observe behavior without judgment uh and then i always have like if i read something and i think it's working I, i'll repeat it in my head just to, as a reminder um but i think don't think was like the one that really um stuck with me and like sent me it kind of snowballed throughout my career wow that reminds me of non-judgmental reactivity something i've been something that works for me is like don't react like with judgment like don't have the judgment and you can make your reaction after that yes exactly yeah okay that's yeah. that's great uh just a few more here bro uh okay this is a big one 
What is your ultimate why? My ultimate why. Man, I don't even know. I feel like, I feel like I don't know. I feel like at the end of my life, I'm going to know my ultimate life. Oh, like, this is why I did it. But like, in the meantime, I'm more just observing it unfolding, you know? Um, mm. You know, I think I have a why in terms of like, every day that I go out there, which would be to prove to myself that I can do things that I once believed I couldn't. Um, that's kind of my why in terms of what motivates me. But I'm just, I just am convinced that it's constantly going to change. And I like being open to these changes. So, you know, years and years down the road, I'm sure I'll have a different answer. But um, for now, I think that's probably it. Okay, that's, that's cool. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Looking back on your journey, is there anything you wish you could change and why? No, I just have, I just find so much value in, in the hardships. Like some weirdly in my head, sometimes I'm like, I wish I had it harder. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, you know, like you hear like of these guys that come from nothing and they, and they make it and they just become obsessed with the sport or whatever. And it's because they didn't have anything else. There's nothing else to distract them. They didn't have the, the great stuff that I have off the court. So they, their game became their, their love and their everything. And then because of that, like they're getting these reps that nobody else is getting and they're dedicated to it at a whole different level. And I'm like, oh man, that's such a dumb thought to hope that I, to be like, damn, if I didn't have it so good, maybe I would be even more dedicated. I'd be even better. Um, but I don't know. That's just how my mind works sometimes. And it's one of those thoughts that I just observe come into my head and then I let it go because it's useless. <laughs> like that. Um, talk, talk to me about fulfillment. This is our last question. Um, what does fulfillment mean to you? Uh, fulfillment, I think, is just different for everybody. But for me, it means it's like a feeling that it's hard to describe, you know, like at the end of the day, are you content with what, what you did and how you went about? It's more about how you went about things than what you accomplish. Uh, like, are, are you happy with how you reacted to something, how you dealt with a tough situation, whether it felt good or not? Um, fulfillment's just kind of about how you feel at the end of the day when you when you lay down and go to sleep. Like, are you are you content with the way that you reacted to the circumstances that that day brought? Yeah, man. Yeah, Tribe Warren. Wow, that was uh, that was amazing. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on and just sharing some of your mindset and some of your insights with us, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to dig into some of your other episodes. It sounds like you had some great guests and I'm assuming I can learn a lot. So I'm, I'm all about that learning. So, uh, 
I appreciate you putting this out there for all of us to uh, take in the knowledge and insights of, of other people. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, you've inspired me, you know, you and Travis doing, uh, doing Sandcast that really inspired me. So um, once again, you know, actually, I want to give you a chance. Just, just tell us about your sponsors and, you know, Sandcast or any, any other, uh, any other things that I missed. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, we're in the Sandcast studio right now. Yeah. There's the, (laughs) it's just been me lately. But um, yeah, dude, I'm so grateful for my team of sponsors that I've been able to put together. Um, Monster Hydro, they've been amazing. And, you know, that's like, if you're an athlete, you, you really, at least in our sport, uh, you want to be sponsored by like a monster energy. You know, it's, I'm so grateful for that one. Um, Wilson, it's been the volleyball that I played with since I was a kid. Maui Gems, Hawaii Boy, you know, it's great for outdoors. And then Kona Brew, it's another Hawaiian brand. So, I've been able to surround myself with uh, a team that's pretty authentic to me. And I think that's what's most important. And then lastly, Mizuno, which is, you know, one of the biggest volleyball brands out there. So that's been really cool. And we've been on the journey for four years now together. So it's, it's pretty cool. I'm very grateful for my sponsors. Triborn, thank you so much, man. You're a class act. You're inspirational. Uh, I know that you're going to have success, more and more success. Um, and I can't wait to follow you along the journey and hopefully be on the actual court with you again. So, yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> hey man, I appreciate all the, all the times you coming out to practice and helping us and just being a positive vibe, uh, around practice and, and also doing stuff like this on the show and supporting Evie and Hayden as well. Cause they mean a lot to me. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Right on bro. All right. Hey, thanks again. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Wex. Take it all easy. right. Bye. Later. Thank you so much for joining me on Within the Game podcast. Visit withinthegame.com for show notes and links on everything we talked about today. You can also subscribe to the mailing list, which will give you exclusive content from each guest, as well as more resources to help you stay inspired in and out of your game. Follow us on Instagram at Within the Game Podcast.